The Monday night uh, football season has included many key injuries, unfortunately, this season, and it happened again last night. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports zone by John McKechnie of rotowire.com. And, John, injuries, as I just mentioned, have dominated uh, you know, really the 2023 NFL season, but more than any season I can recall, is this the worst fantasy season for injury-wise that you can remember, or maybe I'm just having a case of recency bias here? Well, to to, uh, to start things off, uh, loved coming back into to Steely Dan there, my, my number one artist on my Spotify Wrapped uh, for 2023. Ooh. So so uh, that okay. that was that's always music to my ears, literally and figuratively. But um, beyond that, um, you know, it, it has obviously been been brutal. This year, I mean, you you can take it all the way back to the first Monday night game with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first series there, Nick Chubb having a, an awful injury. Uh, the following week on Monday night, uh, last night, very concerning uh, what happened with Trevor Lawrence. I I would I would say that this is probably not so far out of line as as far as what we're accustomed to, as far as uh, injuries are concerned, but, you know, from a fantasy lens, it's hard not to pay attention to to all these key players going down across the league. I mean, even guys like that you were drafting a little bit later on, like your Kirk Cousins or your Daniel Joneses of the world, those guys being out for the season, I mean, it's been uh, a true uh, uh, minefield as far as the quarterback position is concerned, real attrition type stuff if you're especially if you're playing in two quarterback leagues or if you're in best ball leagues where you know you say you started uh your quarterback position with with you know joe burrow and then backed him up with aaron Rodgers. like your team is is toast you know and and that that in theory would have been an awesome quarterback room to have so it has been really tough out there unfortunately and um you know you you can't expect that to, to necessarily correct itself either Okay, so Trevor Lawrence unfortunately goes down. Last I saw, it was called a high ankle sprain, and he was headed for an MRI this morning. On the flip side of that game from last night, did Jake Browning show enough uh, that he's the top quarterback in the waiver wire this week? Yes, so I'll start with Trevor Lawrence. Um, That was a tough injury to see. It it, it seemed like the worst part of it was um, getting stepped on by uh, uh, Walker Little, the offensive lineman. Uh, It looks like Trevor Lawrence, though, very adept uh, at the warrior pose in yoga, the way that he was able to to, uh, bend backwards without, um, you know, doing significant, significant damage to to that ankle. Obviously, we'll still have to see uh, the the results of of the MRI pending, but it seems like he he dodged uh, the fracture or or the dreaded Achilles injury. But, you know, again, fingers crossed as far as that's concerned. But Browning, I mean, that was was an unbelievable game. I, I, I think... Uh, I'm still skeptical as to whether uh, he's going to be able to, to keep that going uh, down the stretch run, but uh, he certainly showed a spark, and I think we can at least point to the fact that the Bengals do have a ton of weapons around him. Uh, you know, you have one of the best receivers in football in, in Jamar Chase. T. Higgins made, made a key grab uh, down the stretch. Joe Mixon looked very invigorated last night, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to Chase Brown when we talk uh, running backs a little bit later, but I think Browning – Definitely registers on the uh, on the waiver wire pickups if you're in two quarterback leagues, especially if uh, you you have some uh, you have Kyler Murray or if you have Sam Howell, then then I think as a streaming option, uh, Browning definitely makes some sense going up against an Indianapolis defense that gave up a lot of points to Tennessee. So I, I think that you know that there's reason to believe that Browning can put it together a little bit 
for for this stretch run. I mean, he did have 16 fantasy points against the Steelers, which is totally serviceable, especially with you know, like we've been talking about, all the injuries at the quarterback position this uh, this season. In fact, I do have Sam Howell, and I put in a waiver claim for Jake Browning, so I uh, never thought I'd be you know, hoping for Jake Browning when the week started, but you know, a lot of things happen. Uh, also, um, other than Browning, are there other quarterback options out there as far as waiver wire this week? It's uh, kind of a iffy situation, uh, you know, the last week of the regular season in many fantasy leagues. Right, exactly. So th- this is a really crucial time. Uh, you know, if you have Sam Howell, there, there's probably a decent chance that you're in decent position to, to make the postseason. Obviously, he doesn't show up in Washington's win-loss record, but he's definitely been a startable, uh, strong uh, caliber quarterback over the course of this season. So him being on by the last week of the regular season definitely throws a wrench in some things. Um, but beyond that, uh, we saw Derek Carr get injured uh, again uh, on Sunday. So, if you want to roll the dice with Jameis Winston, again, we're, we're going to have to wait on the injury reports there, but we don't really have time to, to, uh, to wait on that as far as our waiver claims are concerned. So if you, if you really do feel like uh, you need something at the quarterback spot, Jameis obviously would be the guy to step in for the Saints if Carr is to miss additional time. And, and Joe Flacco wasn't amazing or anything, but, I mean, he definitely opened things up in the passing game for the Browns in a way that hasn't been there uh, basically since Deshaun Watson went out for, for the season. So uh, there, it seems like he at least has a little bit of something uh, left in, in his game. And, I mean, if Jake Browning is going gonna, is gonna to torch this Jaguars defense, why can't Flacco do it at home? So I, I think that he's someone that, that you can also uh, take a look at this week as the Browns get set to face the Jaguars. Okay, so as far as the Jags are concerned, let's assume that Lawrence is out at least for a little while, and Christian Kirk went down last night too. How's that alter the expectations for the rest of the Jags' fantasy options? And the same thing with, uh, we know Jameis is going to heave the ball down the field, whether it's caught by one of his guys or the opposing team, I don't know, but we at least know what we're getting from him as far as uh, he's going to throw it down the field. That, that's right. So he doesn't know if, if his guys are going to catch it or, or the other guys are, but that, that's fine. That, that is the Jameis Winston experience. He's been in the league for, you know, almost a decade at this point. So we, we, we know what we're signing up for if, if we have to take uh, a look at Jameis. But uh, as far as the Jaguars' injury fallout is concerned, you, you obviously have to figure that uh, they are going to go with a, a more run-heavy approach. Uh, with, with C.J. Beathard under center, I'm, I'm going to assume for at least this week, I, I wouldn't totally rule out the possibility of Lawrence being back uh, for Week 15 against Baltimore. But um, in, in this short stint, it's a tough matchup going on the road against the, this Browns defense that has been shaky on the road. But in, in Cleveland, they've been you know pretty lights out for, for the bulk of the season. So it's going to be tough sledding there for, for Jacksonville. You have to lower your expectations for, for guys like, uh, Calvin Ridley. We'll have to see what happened with, with Christian Kirk that, uh, as a guy that looks like it, something that was uh, pretty painful uh, for him that obviously knocked him out of the game on, on the first uh, completion there. Uh, and I, I figure Travis Etienne going to get a little bit more work. And um, I think you probably have to look at, at the depth options in that backfield as well. I thought Dearness Johnson did all right for himself uh, last, last week as well. And, and I think one of the big storylines uh, – Tell me if I'm jumping the gun here, but but Parker Washington uh, stepping in last night oh, in, in Christian Kirk's stead was 
I mean, that was really impressive. Um, do do yeah. we want to unpack that further now? I don't even know if I knew. I don't think I knew who Parker Washington was before last night. <laughs> well, he was a very good player at, at Penn State. Um, I, I would say if you're comparing, like, recent Penn State pr- uh, prospects, this isn't the most flattering one, uh, given the way that the season has gone for him. But I do think John Dotson was a better prospect coming out than Parker Washington. Yeah. But Parker Washington definitely held his own as Penn State's wide receiver won uh, his final season in Happy Valley in, in 2022. Um, I was a little bit surprised that he fell in the draft as far as he did. And I was a little bit surprised also that uh, he really hasn't been able to crack the rotation at all as far as that receiving core goes. You know, Zay Jones has missed a decent amount of time this season, and yet, you know, the, the Jaguars still, for, for a while there, felt the, the need to put the likes of Jamal Agnew uh, out there. So I, I think it, at the very least, Parker Washington is, is on the radar. If he's, he's out there in your dynasty leagues, I think he's definitely worth picking up. I don't know if he's going to be able to recapture what he did last night. That feels kind of like a, a lightning-in-the-bottle t- type of moment for him to catch all six of his targets for 61 yards in that crazy touchdown. Not expecting that going forward, especially if Christian Kirk doesn't miss too much additional time. But I think that he's at least on the on the waiver uh, wire radar for for this week. And and then again, uh, rounding it out on Jacksonville, uh, I do think Dearness Johnson, if you need running back help, it is an interesting kind of hand. Not necessarily like your handcuffed Travis Etienne, um, but someone that that could uh, have a bit of a role now that uh, we don't expect the Jaguars to have Trevor Lawrence out there. Yeah, I do remember Washington now that you bring up the Penn State thing. I do recall that. Uh, John McKechnie from rotowire.com calling in the sports zone. Okay, so we you, you mentioned uh, the possibility of Johnson and also, you know, as, as a Joe Mixon owner, I was, you know, I don't want to see Chase Brown out there. Come on. <laughs> so <laughs> I was, I'm a little concerned about that. But what other running backs are there uh, possibly on the waiver wire this week? Right. So I, I will start with, with Chase Brown. Um, because, you know, he, he had been dinged up for a while. I think he might have had to go on injured reserve, hadn't been active yeah, he, uh, since week he six. Okay, so so he had been dinged up, hadn't really done much on offense prior to last night, I, had a season high of just one carry in, in two other games. And then, you know, I, I think it's pragmatic for, for the Bengals to uh, mix him in more, for, for lack of a better uh, word there, um, because I think Mixon definitely still has some juice, but I think he, he needs to kind of be paced over the course of the game. And, and Chase Brown being uh, the, the rookie that he is, uh, you know, fresher legs, having missed some time, uh, you, you definitely have to like the way that he ran the ball last night. So I don't think he necessarily presents like a huge threat to Joe Mixon. I think Mixon still gets his. But I think the Bengals in general needed to have a, a stronger um, secondary like re- running back complement behind Mixon because if you're just trebucheting Joe Mixon into loaded boxes, like that, that's not good for anybody. But you, you get someone like, like a Chase Brown out there that, that's very athletic, um, was a total workhorse during his time at, at Illinois. Um, I'm interested, uh, especially in, in a week where, you know, maybe we do need so, some running back help off the waiver wire. I think Chase Brown definitely qualifies. All right, as far as you know, this is uh, the, the desperation stage of the running back thing, uh, Ramondre Stevenson goes down. I can't imagine he's going to play anytime soon. So 
Zeke is actually on the waiver wire of a very deep league I'm in, so I put in a claim from him. I know it's the Patriots offense, and it's Zeke in his older days. Is that just beyond desperation for me at this point? I, I think if nothing else, there's floor there, right? Because the, the Patriots are not going to be a team that, that uh, goes into a pass-happy approach. Uh, the defense is going to keep them in games, relatively speaking, to the point where they, they can't or they won't uh, abandon the run completely. And when you have either Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi out there, uh, the less is more as far as the, their attempts are concerned. So, so Zeke getting the 21 touches this past weekend – uh, definitely makes him a you know close to a priority add at the running back position for for this week and you know with Stevenson suffering that high ankle and and the nature of the position you got to figure that you might be done for the rest of the season or at least a, as far as uh, your playoff hopes are concerned you know you need to get to week 15 week 16 and so on and I don't expect Stevenson to be back before then so Zeke kind of has this backfield. Uh, for the for the next little bit, and therefore I think he, he's definitely worth an add if you if you need a running back. And, and Tajay Spears also um, kind of an up and down w- workload this year. He's been on the field a lot, but as far as what what his touches have looked like on a week to week basis, a little bit tougher. Uh, Derrick Henry isn't uh, in the concussion protocol, so that that is something to consider. Uh, he probably will take o- over his usual role uh, this coming week against Miami, and they get the extra day of rest with that game. Coming on Monday, but I think at the same time, uh, Ty J Spears is someone to, to keep an eye on um, a, as well. And I, I don't know if I'm, I would go too much deeper uh, into the into the running back pool for, for this week. It, it's mostly uh, Chase Brown, Zeke, and, and Ty J Spears for me. Talking with John McKechnie from RotoWire.com, our weekly fantasy football update. All right, wide receivers, Tank Dell, one of our favorite players this season, unfortunately out for the season. Kirk goes down last night with the uh, with the injury. Amari Cooper concussed last week. So what wide receivers can we look to pick up this week to replace those guys or whoever, whoever else uh, we need to try to scramble and get some, get some points from? Yes, it, it, it's definitely tough to see Tank Dell go down. He's been one of the, the most fun stories uh, in the NFL th- this year on one of the most fun storied teams uh, generally uh, in the league th- this year. So I, I hate to see that the season end early for, for Tank Dell, but, but I have no doubts that, that he'll be back. Um, but that obviously elevates guys like Noah Brown right off the jump. I think Robert Woods kind of qualifies as this sort of inconvenient truth for, for anyone that has any uh, lingering John Mechie optimism. I am going to keep a close eye on that, though, because Mechie did play a little bit uh, this past weekend, and Robert Woods, uh, he might be solid at, at what he does, but but what he does doesn't really mesh with with, um, with what the Texans really need. So Mechie played 21 snaps this past weekend, did draw three targets. So I think that that's not nothing. Obviously, he didn't do a ton with them, just the one catch for nine yards going up against the Jets this week. It's, it's a little bit tricky, but I, I'm going to keep an eye on his snap count. Um, so he's someone that I would either consider stashing if I have room on my bench uh, for, for this upcoming week and, and just leave him there, see what happens uh, before uh, potentially deploying him against Tennessee or just keep him on the, on the, on your radar for, for next week. But right now, as far as actionable advice for, from Houston, um, I, I think you would have to look at Noah Brown. And then beyond that, uh, when it comes to the Browns, uh, Elijah Moore, you know, his, his, you know, storied connection with Joe Flacco, right? who could forget with, with uh, the New York Jets last year, uh, that obviously translates, 
Unforgettable. <laughs> <obviously> translated. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, just the, some of the, the most classic. You can hear the NFL films music as you watch those highlights. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, more I've, I've always thought is, is much better as a talent than, than what he's been kind of allowed to, to show in the NFL. He was so sick when he was at Ole Miss, um, just – you know, playing for the Jets the first two years of his career, he needed to get out of there. Now he's up to 85 targets uh, this season, and he's not having a great catch rate or a yards per target or anything like that, but it looked better this past week. I mean, getting the 12 targets, uh, turning those into 83 yards, that's definitely promising. And if, if Amari Cooper's out, um, then, then he's you know going to be the, that primary weapon uh, in the Browns passing game that it, it suddenly looks a little bit more lively, oddly enough, with, with Joe Flacco back there. And then Cedric Tillman, different type of player, more of a boundary, big-bodied guy, but he was an impressive player during his time at Tennessee. There was a time going into his senior year at, at UT where he was considered the, the premier uh, wide receiver prospect and not Jalen Hyatt. He just kind of had an ankle injury that, that took uh, some of the luster off of his last season in Knoxville. But Cedric Tillman, I do think, is kind of talented, actually, and he should have the, a starting role. So um, I, I would look at him a little bit deeper, maybe make him like a conditional uh, waiver wire pickup, and then uh, beyond that, uh, if guys like Odell Beckham are, are still out there in shallower leagues, I, I like him uh, for for this week going up against the Rams. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily buying it when it comes to Jonathan Mingo. I just don't really want any part of that Panthers offense. Period. Um, and Devontae mm-hmm. Parker uh, starting to be a little bit busier, but I mean, again, you're attaching yourself to the Patriots offense and specifically the passing game. I don't know how much you want to do that. And then uh, finally. This, again, probably more of a shallow league thing, but maybe someone had gotten frustrated enough with the way that Jamison Williams has been used since coming off suspension to where he's out there. If he is, um, I think that he he really could add, like, a pretty special element to this Detroit Lions offense as we head down the stretch run. Especially if they just hand it off to him and he doesn't have to, like, catch the ball in a pass. So that, that, was, that was a good move by the Lions last week. All right, t- <laughs> tight true. ends here. Yeah, very exactly. Uh, Evan Ingram finally caught a touchdown last night, but Lawrence then got hurt, unfortunately. Any tight ends available this week, uh, you know, for better or for worse? It's kind of the tight end landscape. No, exactly. It's uh, it's tough out there. We we've known it's been tough out there though, so it it that's just the the cards that were dealt. I mean, if anyone uh, was pinched uh, on the waiver wire going into this past weekend, I think you can look at, at the Bills or the Ravens options, whether it's Dawson Knox or Isaiah Likely as potential guys that are coming off the bye um, with, with you know reasonably favorable matchups. Or I'm sorry, not Dawson Knox. I, I, he's still on injured reserve, so uh, never mind me there. But Isaiah Likely I do believe in, and, and I think that he's someone that probably was dropped in a bunch of spots last week just to, to make room because it was – sort of a buy-mageddon out there with six teams being on by. But uh, he clearly is is the top tight end target. They're not going to bring Zach Ertz in, and he's clearly ahead of Charlie Kohler. So I do like Isaiah Likely out there as, as, potential, uh, as a potential option. Zach Ertz, if he is available out there, I think he's going to get picked up here soon. You might not be able to play him this week, but I do think that uh, he could fit in nicely with, with the right uh, offense. And uh, this guy – Killed my best ball portfolio, but uh, it looks like he's he's starting to get a little bit more involved in the offense, and that's Chig Okonkwo of the Titans gets to face off against the Dolphins this week. So, again, if you're real desperate, I think Chig needs to be on your radar as well. 
All right, John. Good stories as always. We appreciate it. Thanks much. And uh, we'll try to get some video of that uh, unforgettable uh, Moore and Flacco connection for the Jets. Yes, I, I expect the uh, the NFL films music and all that good stuff to be packaged <laughs> and, and ready to go for, for this segment next week. Thanks again. Okay, I'll, you know, I'll have to get our production guys on that. I'm sure that'll be first on their list. So thank you. John McKechnie from rotowire.com. Always good talking to John. And, uh, yeah, I, I was going to ask him about more specifically before he got to more because, you know, we talked about Jameis. He heaves the ball down the field. So does Joe Flacco. He's an older version of heaving the ball down the field than Jameis Winston. So that worked out on Sunday, at least for a couple of plays, until Flacco heaved the ball down the field and pretty much lost the game for the Browns. 